much for tuning in to the World XP Podcast. If you're enjoying the content, please remember to drop a sub, drop a like, and leave your thoughts down below in the comments. With that, we will see you guys in the podcast. Welcome, Giorgio, to the World XP Podcast. Um, yeah, I had a shout-out to Rich, the photographer. If you haven't watched that episode, go watch it. But Rich gave me your info, said, uh, it's like, I know this guy that plays for Syracuse, and he also plays for the Macedonian U21s. And I was like, send him my way, please. And now here we are. Welcome, dude. It's nice to have you. Thank you. Thank you. It's nice to be on here. I appreciate it. So um, for those listening, I can go down the list of accolades because I'm sure I'll forget one. But right now you're at Syracuse and you're playing. And then what else are you up to? Uh, nothing really just, you know, focusing on school when I'm off the field, um, you know, when I'm on the field, just focusing on getting to the next level pretty much is my, my main focus. Fair enough. So we'll start with the Macedonia stuff. Cause that's the stuff that for me is most intriguing. Um, so you this summer, uh, got called up for the Macedonia new 21 camp. Um, and, for those listening, the senior schedules and the U21 schedules are not on the same uh, calendar-like cycle. So the Euros just happened uh, last year, but right now the U21 squads are doing their qualification. So you were in the camp for the for the U21 Euros. Kind of walk us through, like, one, how do you even figure out that, like, how do they find you? And then, two, what's the process like? Because you weren't you were born here, so... Walk us through that sort of process of like getting discovered and then how does that work? Yeah. So I kind of just, uh, you know, jumped on, jumped on an email one day and, you know, got it, got an email from them and was just kind of surprised, like, wow, like, is this really them or is this like some sort of fake email? And then I had um, dug up my highlights from last, uh, last fall with Syracuse and some of them in the spring and uh, just put them all together in a video, you know, made it up took my time made sure it was you know professional sent it over to them and just said all right like there's nothing really I can do at this point you know I gave them gave them what I had and uh they they loved the video and they said they uh they just wanted to see me in person and you know see what I can do with the team and stuff like that so that's how the opportunity really started from there very nice so then I guess you get there so I guess so what so then walk walk through so like they like the video and then what they send you the itinerary and then is it on you to get over there like how how does the whole how does it all work right because a, a lot of myself and a lot of people listening who even enjoy soccer right the, the most that we would have played is like a USL2 type level never going into like a national team camp regardless of uh senior or U21s or, or anything so just walk us through kind of the entire process from like they send you, okay, be here at this time and then go for like what, what happens? Yeah. So we kind of just got sent the dates, um, you know, made sure that they, they were fitting my schedule. I had to let, of course, my USL two coach in the summer know that I was going to be gone for, you know, X amount of days. Um, but within that schedule, as far as, you know, a personal story for me, I had never been over there and neither has my dad in, in 45 years. So it's been, you know, quite a long time for my dad seeing our relatives that are over there. And for me, that was the first time. So we wanted to, you know, go over there, kind of relax, go see some family, go see, you know, other parts of the country. So we uh, booked our flight a little bit early, 
got there, um, hung out with family for about a week, uh, did some training on my own with, uh, with another coach that we had met through the, through my family, uh, made sure I was just getting some final touches ready, uh, before I got into the actual camp. So then after about a week, hanging with my family, went to Greece for a little bit, came back, um, we drove, it was about two hour trip into the capital of the city or of Macedonia. And, um, that was where the actual training center was held. So we got to the hotel there, the team and everything was there for meals, you know, training, bus to and from the training facility and everything. And then that was really it. So are you just basically kind of locked into this camp for was it two weeks or so? Yeah. Two weeks. And you're just every, it's get up, uh, eat, train, gym work, lunch, yeah meetings just for two weeks basically yeah yeah so was is there was it like a language barrier for you that was difficult yeah for me it was extremely hard it's my first time ever you know experiencing something like that where I have no idea what is being said nor could I really ask somebody like what was going on because I mean they spoke English but not like to like a certain extent so it yeah was, even explaining the drills was just like completely like above their, their English level. So I kind of just sat in the back of the line for like the first couple of drills, let it play out and like watch and learn. And that's how I really survived throughout the whole two weeks. Yeah. That's definitely also what I would do Yeah, <laughs> when we were in Mexico. Or so the, how the Mexico trip kind of came was one of the scouts from a division two team came up to like the Northern Virginia area and ran some of our sessions for this was like during COVID. So it wasn't a real team, but it was basically like a group of guys that were either out of contract or looking for an opportunity. And somebody had a connection with a scout down there. He came up here for like a month and ran our sessions. No, barely and like no English whatsoever. And like, I know Spanish enough to like get by, but some of the other guys just like the same thing, wait at the back of the line, like yeah. try try to not mess it up Literally. and then get yelled at and then do sprints. Like, you don't need to know the language to know if somebody's telling you to do sprints because you because you messed up. Yeah. So uh, just kind of try to survive as much as you can. Don't don't be the one that messes everything up, and uh, you should be all right. No, exactly. So how was it run different from like um from like a USL or like a college environment? Like, because obviously when when you're in college, right, you've got the, a similar sort of schedule, except you like add in classes and homework and stuff. Um, but how is it run from like walk through some of the differences between that environment, like the national team camp and then like a college or a USL environment. Yeah. So for me, as far as uh, the soccer piece and like structure wise, it was almost identical um, mm-hmm. as to what I'm used to here at Syracuse, you know, getting out to the field kind of on your own time, get, get yourself prepared, you know, uh, juggle a little, mess around, have, have a little laugh. And then, um, usually is into some stretching, some small sided, like passing, just get your legs moving. And then it was usually into some sort of possession drill or like numbers up sort of scenario. And then from that was like small sided games. So from what they did there to what we do here at school and even with Syracuse was almost identical. Um, So there was nothing new for me there, but I would say the biggest difference, like, and this doesn't even have to really do with on the field sort of stuff, but um, almost all of them were on professional contracts is what I found out from one of the mm. assistant coaches. So like as here where, 
you know, when you go to college, you get paid one cent, your eligibility is done. Like you, there's no eligibility. There's nothing you can do about it. Whereas there, they, they're on, you know, money from anywhere, any amounts of money to thousand dollars a month to, I don't know if there was a kid that was on $400,000 a year. So yeah, there were some different price ranges, but um, it was just different. Like knowing that, you know, these kids are all making money. Whereas I was coming in, I didn't really, wasn't, haven't really made any money. Haven't made Mm -hmm. it from, um, you know, soccer wise. How knowing that, did that help you like, like after you got through the camp and I, well, I assume you're like, yeah, I can play with all these guys. Did that kind of help give you the next sort of confidence boost that you're like, yes, I'm good enough to go do something elsewhere afterwards? Yeah. Like, like, what's it like, like, what's it like playing with, well, I guess just what's it like playing with those sorts of guys, especially like the ones that maybe are on teams that like would be more recognizable. Yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely experience, but for me personally, like knowing that, you know, I can go there and more than hold my own is, uh, is, is a decent confidence boost, you know, coming here, you battle for a MLS contract while you're in college and, um, you know, confidence is everything you have half a season to play, just prove yourself that, you know, you belong at the next level. So confidence for me and I know for a lot of other my teammates is, is huge. So that coming into the season with that confidence was was big for me. What position do you play? I realized I didn't ask you that before. Uh like center mid, so anywhere in the midfield, I play six yeah. eight. Yeah. Especially for those positions when you like when you know that you've got the confidence that you can just go run a game. Mm-hmm. Like basically on like and you don't you know your touches are gonna be sharp, you're your awareness is sharp, the speed of play mentally is up there. And that's like, I don't know, playing playing six or eight when you're just running the game and you feel good is like, is almost like no other feeling. I, I feel like even like obviously scoring, but like, yeah, you, you know uh, what I mean though? Yeah, 100%. When, when the game starts and, you know, you, your team has had three, four attacks and, you know, you've, you've built from the back from each one you just know the rest of the game, like, it just feels like nothing. Nobody can stop you. Nobody, like, you're in a rhythm, and it's it's just, like, it's done for the other team. Yeah, those are the best games. Um, all right, so I know we were talking before that you weren't able to play in the matches because your, your papers and stuff weren't all the way through, but were you, like, you traveled with the team and stuff as well? Uh, I did not when they went for one game was home, one was away. So, so for, for were the so for the home game, were you involved a, a little bit at all? Like, were you there for match day preparations and all that stuff? Um, not really. I kind of just stayed out of the way as far as okay. the, the the preparations and everything. I didn't really understand any of the language anyway, so oh, I, I kind of let them let them be, and uh, I kind of just hung out with my dad the day and then watched the game. Mm, fair enough. Um, all right. Well, that scraps that question. That's all right. It happens. Um, okay. So then, uh, the next sort of thing I want to touch on is is the like life of the Division One athlete because I know uh, tons of people that were D three athletes and kind of you got the feeling right they're super busy, but then you hear these stories about the D one athletes where they're basically just like they have 
negative free time because in the off season they're still doing stuff. Whereas with D three, there's rules like we could only have I think sixteen practices in the spring, and then it was kind of like you kind of had spring like off almost. Um, touch on sort of your schedule, like your day to day in season as a as a D one D one athlete. Yeah, so for me it's pretty busy uh, in my opinion. Um, especially during the season, it's pretty crazy. Uh, usually try to get, so we have our training block time is at 2.45. So we have training at 2.45 every day. Um, for the guys that don't have uh, class right before training, we usually should be in the locker room um, 45 minutes prior. So you have to be there by two. I uh, usually have class from around eight to uh, one, 12.30, one around there. So usually go to class, you know, take notes, whatever, get on the bus from class to the locker room facilities and, um, you know, grab something to eat over there, a quick uh, quick bite. Then, you know, if I have time, uh, I like to get a quick lift in before training on some days, not obviously not every day, but um, then from, you know, that quick lift, I go straight into training, train, come home, do some homework. Usually um, I'm in the business school here, so it's actually – gives a lot of homework I, I think it's pretty challenging um but yeah it's pretty busy day to day yeah for sure I was also not meant to disparage d3 athletes because they're also stupid busy but yeah for sure. um but like the but like I guess more of what I was getting at is kind of like the the long away days like our conference was kind of everything was drivable mm-hmm. like within reason do you guys have games that are not drivable yeah at all and how do you how do how do you guys handle those we usually fly for um a couple games a year like this year we have to play clemson which um i know for a fact we'll we'll fly usually those are long days so we usually play acc games on friday so Mm -hmm. we probably leave thursday morning quite early we'd have to be in the in the facility probably like i'd say 4 a.m get in there um you know, our jerseys and everything are laid out while well, we bring our duffel bags and stuff. So we come in, grab our jerseys, um, make sure we got our cleats, chin guards, everything, then jump on a, a bus to the airport. Our flight is usually around, I'd say, 8, 9, something like that, or maybe a little bit earlier, 7 or 8. And then, um, you know, fly, fly down there. If we have a connecting flight, um, you know, it makes the day even longer. But, yeah, on, on the Thursday, we'll uh, – We'll jump on another bus, drive to the hotel, um, rest, shower for maybe an hour. Then we're, you know, back on the bus to to go train and kind of loosen up our legs before the Mm -hmm. game. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one thing that people don't realize is the grind the travel takes on you, especially Mm -hmm. like for you guys, you just fly like, I don't know, a couple times, three, four or five times, times a season, but for like, the guys on pro contracts that are flying or traveling to those games like once a week or every other week, like the grind it takes, the toll it takes on you is like, it's honestly. Until until you're part of it, I would say. Yeah. Like I didn't even think about it. Like, yeah, we fly a couple of times and, you know, you think it's bad, but imagine, like you said, those guys that are flying two, two times a week. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Like even like the ones in the champions league, like, you have an away game on the Saturday and then you're flying to like 
well, not Russia at the moment, but like you're flying to like somewhere crazy, mm-hmm. like Azerbaijan or some random place for the game on like a Tuesday or Wednesday. You got to fly home, and then if you have another away game, then you're back on the jet to the other place. Like, also the logistics people must be like hating their lives, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, for sure. Um. All right. Well, fair enough. Busy guy. Did you watch the Champions League games this week? Uh, I watched the second half of PSG Juventus. Um, I have we have training usually at that time at three, so we don't really get oh, to watch. That sucks. Do you yeah. see the results? Every time I did see the results. Yes. What do you think about Liverpool, dude? Liverpool is in quite of a shocking, uh, shocking, you know, time right now, and I'm I'm not uh, I'm not opposed to it. You know, I'm a big Man U fan, so there I'm kind of loving life right now. You guys are – we can get to them in a second, but I just wanted to uh, – Trent Trent for me is one that I don't – he's like um, – I can't get like a good handle on, on him. Like he's a great player obviously, but like the – they showed the clips of um, – in the Champions League halftime show of the, the game against United like where he was on a lot of those chances, just like not doing anything. And I was like, what are you, I was like, what is, what are you doing, dude? Like you're supposed to be one of the best right backs in the world, but you're getting beat by simple one twos. And like, I can't get like a, like obviously the pace of like Rashford and Alanga and all them is like nuts, but still, I don't know. Like, have you like, when you watch, do you watch the Liverpool United game? Yeah. Yeah. What were your like, well, I guess thoughts on him, but the game generally, yeah, for me, um, I'm not the biggest fan of Trent. I like you said, he's he's a fantastic player, but his his offense is unbelievable. Nobody can question that. But on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, he's just he's for me, he's a liability. You know, whoever whoever they're playing against just tends to attack down there his side. And um, you know, during the Man U game, I didn't think he got like specifically exposed, but there was times where you know you could have pointed him out and just been like. Why? Why were you there? Yeah. yeah, there was one. Um, the one-two that Alanga gave the assist to Sancho's goal. Like mm. it looked like he just didn't move. Yeah, and it's like, what do you do with a player like that? If you're if you're a Klopp, like, what do you do? Yeah, right. Because you like like we like. How do you hide him better if you're t- if like you guys don't have the ball? I actually, I have no idea. Like, I don't. I've been. Asking people and people have, seem to have no, no, no idea. I, no idea. Yeah. What What would you do if you were Klopp with him? I don't know. I mean, his attacking side of the ball is so good that like there's there's no question of does he play or not. But maybe maybe invest in a better right sided center back to you know cover for him on on that side. Um, or you, you can play your cards and change Van Dyke over there. He's uh. He's another one that is, you know, extremely good. But yeah. he needs some sort of cover, I think, in behind him. Yeah. I'd say Kanate was supposed to be that, and then Gomez is always injured. Yeah. I don't know. I actually do rate Kanate. I think he's good. Yeah. Good. I do as well. He's just always injured as well. Yeah. And he makes some stupid decisions occasionally. Yeah. I don't – but, I mean – all right, let's move on to United. Um, Anthony, $100 million signing. Um, thoughts on him at especially on, on his debut, but and then I guess thoughts on the team as a whole, where it's going, where 
I don't know. I'm just looking for like conversation on what's going on because a lot of people are, I feel like very um, reactive. Like after the Brentford game, everybody's like, get 10 hog out. It's like, dude, yeah, chill like, out. Like, give him some time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we started, obviously, you know, we started in the mud. I mean, I didn't think we were, we were talking about relegation here, but uh, no, we, we turned it around. I think the signings we made are, um, I think they were pretty good. Casemiro is I was my one of my favorite players, like defensive mid, just gritty. Like he'll no matter what, he's gonna he's gonna take you and the ball. And like I know he's getting old, but we need somebody with experience in there and somebody that can like demand, like take control. I feel like he was perfect signing. And then um Anthony, you know, obviously a hundred million is quite crazy for, you know, somebody that hasn't proven himself in the Prem. But I mean, I guess he has proven himself in um, in in the other league in Holland. But you know, as far as the Prem, he hasn't really done much. Um, but yeah, for me, Casemiro was a big time signing. I, I yeah, love I don't even think like thirty is not even that old any, anymore. Like with the like the load management, with all like yeah. the stats and the tracking. Do you guys do that at Syracuse as well? Have all like yeah. the GPSs and everything? Like mm-hmm. I feel like thirty is not even that like it's not even that old anymore, especially for a six, like, yeah, because he's not like, he doesn't have to do cover as much of the ground as like a McTominay would. And especially if United starts to have a lot, a lot more of the ball, like you'll like, you'll have him for like three, four years. I think, Mm -hmm. um, I think Malasia was a probably like, I wouldn't say your best signing, but like most, most important, maybe. Like, I think maybe you could have done, like, Anthony's the most expensive, but I think probably Casemiro is the most important, and then Velasquez the second one, and then Martinez, and then Anthony, in order of, like, importance. Because I think, I don't know, what are your thoughts on Maguire, generally? I, I hate Maguire, I think. <laughs> just, I'm so glad that we bought Martinez, and, you know, the first couple games we weren't even giving him a sniff, and Malasia, to be fair. But, you know, after that, we, we, we figured it out. We, we threw them both in there, and they both, you know, excelled at, in their spots. So, like, with Varane, like, last year, before you bought Martinez, what would have been your preferred center back pairing if everyone's healthy and playing well? Anybody in the world? Any, anyone that you guys had on the team. Oh, okay. Um, honestly, like, we had no really no better option. I, personally, I would have went Varane and Bailly. That's what I, I would have done as well. I do not rate Maguire at all, but yeah. That's what I would have done as well. And I don't know, I didn't watch enough of United to like know by, like when I watched him, he always seemed to play well. And then he would get caught in like a situation where if you like go back like five or 10 seconds, like somebody else did something stupid. And then he was doing like last ditch stuff and it made him look bad. Um, Yeah. That's why I think the Malasio one and the Casemiro one were more important than the Martinez one. If you guys are, like, I don't know what was what was with United fans thinking Bayou was trash all the time. Like, was he or like? Personally, I I didn't think so. I mean, if we're gonna call him trash, we gotta call Maguire. I don't even know what to call him. If we're gonna call him Bayou, a, a fridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maguire's causes us way more problems than than Bayou ever has. Eighty million for that guy. <laughs> I couldn't believe when they when they were saying Chelsea was going to buy him. I was like, 
You know, yeah. please take him for free. Yeah, take him, take him. We'll we'll give you money for him. That's that's insane. Because he was so good at um Lester. Was he at Lester? Where was he at? Yeah, Lester. Yeah. He was good there. And then he's also good in he's also good with England. Mm-hmm. And then I said when when you guys bought him, I remember saying this is not going to work because he's not good like in a high line. He's better like when Lester would sit in and then just lump balls over the top to Vardy. I was like, he's good at that. Like this, this is not going to go well for you guys. And then uh, it didn't. So you're right. You were you were extremely. <laughs> I mean, I think I think everybody saw that one coming. To be honest, no. it wasn't just me. Um, yeah. Do you watch the the Arsenal game this weekend? Arsenal United game this weekend. What were your yeah. thoughts on the game? I thought Arsenal actually played quite well. Yeah, uh, I thought so as well. I thought Arsenal was. I thought there was no way that we were gonna, you know, pull out that win. As soon as as soon as they tied it up, I was like, ah, this is gonna be a long. You know, there was like what twenty five minutes left. Is it? Yeah, something like that. Twenty five minutes, but yeah, they they pulled through. They they played really well. They dealt with the with the pressure and ended up getting two more on top of them. So yeah, I think it's good that Rashford's coming back into his own. Yeah. And, um. That's an important one for sure because if, like on paper, if you look at the qualities of like the front three that you guys could field, whether it's Martial, Rashford, Sancho, Anthony, Alanga, Ronaldo, obviously, like yeah. that's a lot of options. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. you just need to have not McFred to like put it, put it, like put it together. I don't know. It was, do you? I never understood why the signing of Casemiro took so long because it always seemed like that was the last piece that you guys needed. Yeah, we needed somebody in the middle. I think we were we were banking on on De Jong. I think we were banking on him heavy. You know, the well, even time. like the last like three four years yeah. before De Jong, I was like, why is there no like? Yeah. I don't know. I agree. I we always needed somebody that was in there. And just you, know, you always need one of those guys that's just gonna smack somebody. You know? Yeah. What are your thoughts on McTominay? And the reason I ask is because, like, I don't actually think he's as bad as the criticism that he gets. Mm-hmm. I think, um, like, he always gets game time, regardless of who the manager has been, whether, like, Mourinho or Solskjaer or Ranić, and now Ten Hag. Like, he's getting game time under all four. So, like, there has to be something there that, like, I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts on him? I agree with you 100%. He gets, I think he gets bashed for no reason. I mean, he does, he's, he's inconsistent for me. Some games, you, know, you could be like, wow, he could be a really important piece of the team. And then other games, it's like, uh, he's just missing, you know, like, like something, something about him is just a little off. But for me, yeah, it's just his inconsistency. Otherwise, I think he's like, when he, when he's on, he's on, he's very mm-hmm. good. And yeah. It's like I don't I don't know if he's quite at the level where he can like run a game, but like if you put him next to like the Erickson McTominay partnership I, on paper made makes loads of sense. Like you let McTominay do all the like the covering all the ground, putting all all the tackles, and then just like give it to Erickson and like let yeah. like let him let him run the game. Um, I don't know. It seems to be working. I think after you guys got the Liverpool win, and then is it Southampton after that? I think so, yeah. yeah. I don't well, remember. You guys had two, like, kind of ugly wins. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when, the like, going into last weekend, I was like, all right, this will be the test for, like, 
how are they playing? Because I don't think he hasn't changed the lineup. Yeah. And I don't know. There's something about like um, the Dutch coaching style where it's it's either like very it's, you're either going to get a great team or you're going to end up like Komen at Barca where like everybody hates you. Yeah. And I felt like with Ten Hag that once he got his like the because the talent he's got they can play the way that he wants to play and execute. And so I feel like once they got rolling like I was almost like yeah top 4. Yeah. But I don't know. I agree. I think we started off shaky and then the Liverpool game gave us a little a little boost. But now I'm kind of like all right, we had our boost. I'm like waiting for, you know, the downfall, but I hope it doesn't come, but I mean, the past couple of games, you've been terrific. I mean, you know, we beat Arsenal top of the league. Um, the other two games, we grinded them out. But, you know, sometimes that's what you got to do. If you were going to pick your top four now. I'd go City. I think City are going to win it for sure. Yeah, I think so as well. I think that's a foregone. Like, Holland has scored like 37 goals in four games or whatever the stupid number is. Insane. Yeah. Um, I'd go City, then I'd go Arsenal, then I'd go Tottenham, Man U. God City, nah. Arsenal, Tottenham, Man U. Yeah, I rate it. I agree, actually. Um, yeah. I agree, actually, 100% with that. Now that I'm thinking about it. I hadn't thought about it before I asked you <laughs> to be, uh, to be totally honest. Chelsea, so I don't, it looks like they'll get Potter, Graham Potter from Brighton. From Brighton, yeah. They've been terrific too. Starts yeah. To- Brighton has been really good. Um, I don't know. We'll see how Aubameyang fits and Fafana and Koulibaly. But I think this is going to be one of the best seasons, like for just good games overall in the Prem for like, a while because like the last couple of years has been like you're always looking forward to the city liverpool games mm-hmm. but now you're like all right city's gonna beat everybody and that's fine yeah. but then like two through eight almost depending on if west ham get their shit together yeah you could have I'm like anybody any of those would be like really good game who did west west ham just sign uh who did they sign on deadline day that was like a big signing uh was it Paqueta? Yes, him. Yeah. He's a baller. Yeah, he's, he's so fun. good. So, like, if two through, like, eight could all all have, like, on their day, could yeah. beat any I, of the yeah. others. Like, we're going we're gonna to be in for some, like, really good games. And then, I don't know. I'm excited, man. Yeah. That's why the Prem is – I love watching the Prem. Like, even if, you know, like we said, as an athlete, like, you know, we're busy and stuff. Like, sometimes you want to sleep in. But, like, if there's there's a good game on at 8 a.m., I'm, I'm getting up to watch it if it's a Prem for sure. Yeah, uh, you have to. Yeah. Let's see, dude. I don't need – like, I'm realizing, not that this is knock on you, but I realize how busy you are and how little time you must have to, like, consume other stuff yeah which is nuts it's all it's cool but it's also insane like if you think about it like Mm. my days are spent often like in like individual training just because i like doing it and like gym stuff and then work 
and then this. And so I have a lot of time to like kind of see what's going on in like other places. Yeah. And I'm at a level of busy where I feel like is it's good to do that, but I feel like with you guys, you're at a level of busy where you literally have no like bandwidth to even like consider like you're lucky if you get one game in because you might have just flown back in from a Friday like ACC game and then you're just yeah. like knocked. That's nuts. Yeah, the the football in piece is, is tough, especially like Champions League because mm-hmm. when like you know it's getting towards the end of the year and I don't know Bayern's playing Man City at three o'clock and it's like we have training. It's like oh my god, like this is like literally the best game of the year. We have to miss it. <laughs> Coach, yeah, wait. <laughs> Can our training be watching the game for film study? It's like no. Yeah, <laughs> um. Ah, damn. Let's go back to the prem for a bit because I want to. So Liverpool are in kind of. I saw a post today. It was like Klopp resigned at Mines after seven years after Dortmund seven years. This is the seventh year at Liverpool. So I don't know. I like. I feel like when Klopp got to Liverpool. Like, when he was at Dortmund, I was like, because I'm a Dortmund fan, so every every time we get something good, we, like, sell it. And I'm like, yeah. oh, God bless America. Really? Yeah. Except for Royce. Royce is a lifer. Yeah. Um, Never going to leave that guy. <laughs> no. But when Klopp got to – so I knew when he was at Dortmund that he was going to leave. But when he got to Liverpool, I was like, he might be there for, like, a really long time. Mm. And now it's looking like – I don't I don't think he'll leave. I don't think he'll get sacked. Um. Yeah. If he leaves, I think it'll be because he wants to leave. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, if Potter goes to Chelsea, that'll be interesting as well. Because Brighton have given like everybody trouble. Mm-hmm. And then Spurs, I feel like, are flying a bit under the radar. Yeah. Because they've, they've been winning, but they've been winning ugly. Like yeah. <laughs> They beat Nottingham Forest when they just scored the first goal and then sat behind the ball. And it's like, what are you doing? Literally, you have yeah. Kane and Son and like all these guys, and you're just gonna like defend against Nottingham Forest. Like, yeah, just got up. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Tottenham's Tottenham's definitely a sleeper pick. Uh, I personally, when people are saying like, oh, you know, before the season start, like Tottenham's gonna be up there. Tottenham's up. And I was like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. But then like I seen the videos from like their preseason, yeah, like those guys were just going through hell. I'm mm-hmm. like. They they look ready. So I, like those videos just like kind of convinced me. Like yeah, they they might be up there. They might. That's why I think I think it'll come down to like like very close points or goal difference or something. Because when you looked at Spurs squad last season, and then the signings they made, like the Perisic signing at to like play him at that left wing back spot. Yeah. And um, like Romero was hurt for a lot of the year. And then Dyer, I think, has always been underrated. Um, Eric Dyer. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. And then, like, Ryan Sessegnon is starting to play well. And then Emerson is starting to play well on the right. And you look at kind of, like, he, Conte has built, like, his, like, exactly what he wants in his squad. Yeah, teams that his style perfect. Yeah. And when he gets those, he tends to win. So, like, <laughs> even, like, Syria, he like, he would win, like, Chelsea did he win the Champions League with Chelsea? No, he didn't. Did he win the league with Chelsea? He won the league with Chelsea, I think. Won the league, yeah. Not the Champions League though. Yeah. Was that I think the year after Leicester won, I think he won. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, but he wins basically when he gets what he wants. And now he's got what he wants. 
And so you like you can't really count them out either, right? They got the the draw against Chelsea, which at the time looked like a great result, and now it's like yeah. Chelsea's been yeah not great. That was one of Chelsea's best games so far this year. They they looked like a real it was team. yeah. That's yeah. when because everybody was like Chelsea looked like they're supposed to look. Mm-hmm. Spurs scraped the draw. Yeah, like that was how the that's that was how it was supposed to go, and then Spurs have been winning, and Chelsea have not. I agree completely. Football's so weird, dude. So weird. When you have like Man City dominating, who they lost to Crystal Palace the other day, was it? They drew, I think. No, no, no. They were down two. I think they were down two nil, and then they oh, won four two. Um, the other day they were playing, and they were like they just had all the ball, but they ended up like losing. And I'm like, I I thought nobody was going to beat these guys like all year. I don't think they lost yet, but yeah, that was the Crystal Palace game, and then they drew at. Aston Villa, and then they drew. They drew against Newcastle. Newcastle, that was the game. Newcastle, yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts on the um, Alex Alex Isak signing at Newcastle and all that money? They could also be sleeper for like they could spoil some people's parties. Yeah, yeah. They they look good that day against Man City. They look like a problem. I yeah. think I think Isak's fantastic. He's he's good in the was it the Euros? Yeah. Yeah, he was really good in the Euros. He was causing everybody problems. So he's so he's silky, man. Yeah, he's lengthy as well. Just so like a havoc. He just wreaks havoc up there. That was another Dortmund one that got away. <laughs> we had him on the books when he was like seventeen, yeah. and then we had like a buyback clause for thirty mil, and I, it expired last summer. <laughs> and then they sold him for like fifty mil or whatever it was, and I was like, God, bless America, man. Dorman, Dorman loves to get him out of there. I know we, dude. We make being like an if like the German clubs are owned by the fans, obviously. But like, if you could invest in that club, like business wise, yeah. we bought like we bought Sancho for seven mil and sold him for ninety. And we yeah. bought Holland for, I think it was like sixteen or seventeen mil. And then his release caused like fifty. Usmane Dembele, we we bought for like twenty and sold him for a hundred. Like, we know how to we know how to make some money, man. <laughs> Holland for what was it, sixty-five million? You said, it's just, yeah, something like that. Is insane. It's a bargain. That, yeah, it's a, it really is too. It's it's unreal. Were you in the? I don't know if he'll fit the style camp or he's going to score eight hundred goals camp. I was in the eight hundred goals camp. I said I don't. I disagree with whatever anybody's saying. I mean, when you have De Bruyne behind you and you know somebody that works like Holland does and just gets into the spaces, like you just know he's going to score. And yeah. multitude of goals. It was I saw those like posts, and I after watching him at Dortmund for like the two years he was there, I was like, anyone who says otherwise is absolutely insane. He's going to score like every like he's going to get he's going to score so many goals because yeah. Dortmund is like we make average strikers look good. Like uh, I don't know if you remember when Paco Alcacer was there. Mm-hmm. And Batshuayi was there, and then they both got big moves afterwards. Yep. And then they've been crap since. <laughs> it's yeah. like when Holland is scoring, I think he's got 24 goals in 20 Champions League games, and he's like 21 years old. He's still so young. Yeah. It would, it's with nuts. Behind him, I just don't. I don't see anybody, you know, being able to stop them too. No, um, no shot. It's like not even with like. 
even in the community shield that Liverpool won, like he was giving Van Dyke problems. Van yeah. Dyke Van Dyke for me, like he's not been the same after the ACL for like he he's mostly the same. But like he for me might be not like best defender ever in terms of like career, but if you take Van Dyke at his like his best game ever, yeah. I think he's probably the best the the best center back ever yeah. in terms of just like ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's he was unreal before he got injured. He was it was nobody was like they were like afraid to go at him because it was just like lose lose no matter what was happening he was just gonna take it. <laughs> yeah, there are clips of like him and Mbappe running at him and then like yeah, like, just like jogging. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to jump on the Van Dyke as the best center back in the world train, so I can't clip that and say Macedonian U21 player says Van Dyke is best center back in the, in the world. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a big Ramos guy. I think that's fair. Ramos is good, man. Yeah, Ramos Ram- is one of, my, one of my favorites. What were your? Were you always central, like center mid, like type player? Yeah, like growing uh, up. When I was a little younger, I, I was kind of a winger, but, um, you know, we realized I don't really have a pace for, to be a winger, so <laughs> and I just sit in the middle and do my thing in there. That realization slaps you in the face, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. You jump up the level and you try and run past the wing back, and you're like, nope, can't do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you can't hit it around left and run around right, and, and yeah, nope. it's not going to work anymore. Who are your favorite players uh, growing up? Um, for me, I was – so me and my dad, my dad took me to soccer field when I was like three years old. And, you know, we started, that's when I like fell in love with the game. And then after that, he's like, all right, like, you know, he started playing. Let's, let's watch soccer a little bit. So first game I ever watched was Man U was when Ronaldo was like, obviously, I don't even know how old he was, but he was really young. He was like coming on and he was, you know, he was just dribbling everybody. And from that day on, Ronaldo has been my, my, my guy, no matter what. So I was always, always Ronaldo guy from day one. Yeah, so if I was going to say Messi, Ronaldo, you take Ronaldo? Yeah, any day of the week. Why? <laughs> Make he, you defend it. He's – Messi is undoubtedly, you know, better in certain areas. But when you want to win a game and you want, like, in the highest pressure moments, I think Ronaldo blows Messi out of the water. Fair. For me, that's that's my biggest argument is when you know when it comes down to you need to win who you want. I'm picking Ronaldo. That's fair. I would say my only sort of like I'm a I respect both, but I'm messy guy generally. Yeah. I would say often Messi would not let it get to the point where you need to pick one of them to win you the game. True. I, that's a valid point. I don't know. Valid. I don't know, man. Messi's like, dude, he's like an alien, bro. Like some of the, like when I, the, here's the, here's the reason for me more broadly is like when, when I see Ronaldo do something nuts, like you can say, at least for me, I'm like, I can see how he would do that. Like what, how he would come to that decision or how, like I can't replicate it athletically or anything like that. But like, yeah. I can see how like where that is. And with Messi, I'm like, how did he even see that? And yeah. that's for and that's for me kind of where 
I separate the two, if that makes sense. So yeah, sure. I don't know, just like some of the runs that like he, like how he gets it, like how he gets out of spot. Like when Ronaldo dribbles at somebody is like, it's more like, you know what he's going to do and you just can't stop it. Whereas yeah. like with Messi for me, it's like, I didn't even know that he saw that that thing existed because I had to watch the replay to see where he saw the angle to like, yeah. And for me, that's the part, but I don't know. Like I, both of them are just amazing. I, I honestly, I have to just think like it's a fun debate to have, but I think we're just so lucky to have both of them play now because you can argue that they're one, two greatest all time. Yeah. Playing at the same time. It's funny when, when I was younger, you know, I, like you said, the argument is always there. You're always going to have it. And with my teammates, I was genuinely convinced that Messi sucked. Like, I hated Messi when I was younger. Because <laughs> it that much. So, but as I've gotten older, like, I've just realized, like, this guy's, like, unbelievably good. Like, he's just so good. But when I was younger, I was convinced he was literally bad at soccer. And it was just, like, crazy. So, like, look that's, ho- that's hilarious. <laughs> I should have known you were a Ronaldo guy. You got the Ronaldo nine shirt hanging up in your yeah, right in the back. Like, yeah, it's the only the like I think he only wore it for one season, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you might be able to sell that for like a butt ton of money. I, I know. Hold on, hold great. hold on to it. Yeah, all the decorations <laughs> I got in my college room. I got to keep it up there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Ah, oh, damn. All right, I got one more question, and I'll let you go. Uh, World Cup. What are your what are your thoughts on the World Cup, both on if you want to touch on like the um the more we'll call it the political aspirations you can, but also if you don't want to get in trouble, I totally understand that as well. Um, and then just generally, who you got winning dark horses, players to watch, yeah. all of it. Um, you know, as far as the U.S., I think we're gonna have a good World Cup. I think we have a super young team, which is the only like sort of backlash against us is that you know we're so young but you know like talent wise I think they're they're there 100 percent yeah your boy from Dortmund you know Giorain up front he's a man yeah, if he's not injured yeah if he's not injured and then um I think McKinney in the middle is, is unbelievable I think how he plays will determine how we do um so yeah he's a big factor for me but as far as winning it I don't know. I I can't see people beating Brazil. I think Brazil is gonna have uh, one of those years. I think I think they're tr- they're really deep up front and in the back, even in the middle, like everywhere. They're just they're just solid. Yeah, I worry about them fullbacks. But, yeah, but that's it. Like I can't even think of Danilo, I guess, and maybe Ren and Lodi. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know who else they would have. Yeah. Hmm. They lost their, their golden generation of Danny Alves and Marcelo. They did. Or they two. did. I'm, hold on. I'm missing somebody, and somebody's going to tell me that I'm stupid, so I'm looking this up right now. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm looking it up on FIFA because that is exactly <laughs> how. Just look up the best Brazilian fullback cards, and that'll tell you. All right, give me your, like, top four. Oh, give me your semifinals. Uh, like it doesn't have to be possible or not because I'm not going to be yeah. like, oh, I can't believe they're on the same side of the bracket. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I was gonna say, yeah, if you would ask me that, I would have been screwed because I have no idea what the bracket looks like. No, but, I don't. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Brazil, obviously, I think will be in it. Um, yeah. I want to say I want to say Portugal will be in there. I think uh, I think Ronaldo's last go at it. I think they got a strong team behind him. Um, I think Argentina will be in. I think they they're very good as well. You know, obviously they got Messi. And yeah. then for me, a, a sort of a dark horse would be Spain. Not not as much a dark horse, but you know, people have been counting them out ever since you know their golden generation of the Euros and the World Cup back to back. But I thought in the in the last Euros they were they were slept on. I thought they were really good. And uh, you know, they have all the same guys coming back because they're so young. So I, I think they'll yeah. be if they find a striker that's not Morata, I think they'll be good. Um Ferran Torres, I think, is has his moments. And then I feel like Pedri and Gavi are going to be the next Xavi and Iniesta. I know it's, like, super early to, to, like, say that, but when I watch them play, is Gavi still 17 or is he 18 now? I mean, I, either either way. Yeah. Yeah, to get to, like, be playing the, the games that he is for Barcelona at that age, like, when I was 17, I was, like, playing video games and sleeping in too late. It's like <laughs> not playing in Champions League games. It's like Yeah, Champions League Euro, like it's, it's insane. They're gonna be one, I think, um twenty twenty six that's gonna be they might be like favorites twenty twenty six. Yeah. They're they're just so young right now, it's insane. Yeah. All right. Well I don't got anything else and you're a busy guy. So, I will let you go. Um, any last tidbits, things? Uh, actually, I'll, one more, one more short thing. If you had, um, are you going to be a junior or what? What year are you? Junior now, yeah. Okay. What sort of advice would you have for those trying to either play like D one or kind of make it to the next level that you wish that your like fifteen year old self would have known? Um, for me is, and no matter what happens, you know, there's always going to be that, that next level will always be there. So, you know, there might be some minor setback, but you know, you can always get to that next level. I personally believe by working hard, there's 24 hours in a day, uh, like Kobe Bryant has come up with many, you know, videos of him saying, if you wake up at 4am, you can get eight workouts in rather than if you wake up at 8 a.m. you can get three workouts in obviously that's Kobe Bryant it's very unrealistic to wake up at 4 a.m. every day but in some sort of sense you know he's right you know the more the harder you work I personally believe you know the the better you're going to be and you can achieve anything so that's that's my biggest thing fair enough um all right man I appreciate your time uh it was a good conversation I think it's good always to learn about like different experiences that people have. So I yeah, appreciate, man. really appreciate it. This was great. Thank you for having me. For sure. All right, guys. Um, like subscribe, DM me, buy these shirts, please. So I can get rid of them. The box in my car. <laughs> um, and with that guys, we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Yeah.